And welcome back to Butter With That. We have a very special episode for everybody today because we have another guest on. Woo! It's me. Who are you? I'm Alana. Hi, Alana. Uh, Christine is off around the world being a super secret agent, so she can't be with us today. And hopefully not getting coronavirus. She's, she's fighting coronavirus. Yeah, that's, that's her doing. super oh. secret duty. She, she's taking it to the core of the corona and just beating the shit it in the out of it. Oh, yeah. If anyone could single-handedly defeat coronavirus, it would be Christine. <laughs> I know. She just stumbles upon, like, a cure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's her, like, sweet tunes or something. <laughs> I thought about her the other day when I was talking. I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was like, yeah, I love a good citrus. And I thought about the hand moves she does. It's like, <laughs> I love the yes, citrus. Like <laughs> oh man, so precious. We miss you, Christine. We miss you yeah, so I much. Do. Yeah. But we thought that today, this episode, would be a great opportunity to bring on longtime friend of the show, Alana. Yay! Yay. Right. I was at the very first meeting you guys had about doing this. Whenever I type oh, out an yeah. email to everybody and I click, you know, autofill, Tori Sand is like, do you want to add Alana? Who <laughs> <laughs> knows? Um, welcome to Butter With That. Listening to all the episodes, and then you're bringing a very special movie today. Oh, boy, is it. Uh, but before we get to what movie our guest brought, uh, what movies have folks seen? Because it's been a little bit since we've been together hanging mm-hmm. out. Uh, I saw Doctor Sleep. How was it? Uh, the follow-up to, uh, <clears throat> to Kubrick's Shining, uh, but way more in line with uh, King's vision for the book and, and his, kind of, uh, hmm. his kind of mythos and his intention behind writing it. So um, it, it's kind of interesting, as I understand it, like that book, as he wrote it, was a kind of a response yeah. to Kubrick's film. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going oh, to. Cool. I was pretty suspicious of a Shining sequel because, mm. I don't know, it's already, it's a perfect movie, I think, but... Uh, yeah, it handled it pretty well. Uh, introduced some some new concepts and new characters that were handled uh, pretty pretty interestingly. And yeah, I'd have to say overall, I was uh, was struck by how impactful like seeing mm. shots of the Overlook like re represented mm. was. It was it was I'm really excited uh, to see that. it was pretty exciting. Yeah, was the it was, bear it was in it. The uh, no. bear. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the bear from that one room and his, yep. his buddy. No, oh, they, they don't make an appearance. <laughs> Although, oh, there was an opportunity to bring him in at that. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Connor. I, I guess. Do, yeah. yeah, that would have been pretty funny. That would have been. That would have maybe, maybe taken away from the impact of that moment. But oh man, but that would have been just really elevated to the next level. You know, for the fans. Mm. I really liked how I saw it in theaters a while ago, and I liked how it opened and I liked how it ended. I just felt like in the middle it was just sort of a little. So you McGregor. I know, but they didn't really give him much to do. Oh, I feel yeah. like you could have put like anybody into that white man struggling with addiction, mm. then finds comes to Jesus and then helps people. I don't know. My dad, the, when he was telling me he watched it, he's like, well, you know, when you and McGregor's in something, you got to watch it. <laughs> I was like, I love that that's like, like just my dad's like, yeah, you and McGregor, of course. It's pretty good criteria. <laughs> it is. Collective yeah. life thing. Everyone's just like, so mm, good. You and McGregor, though. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. I saw Invisible Man. Uh, in large part because of Tori's excellent review on Cinema 76. Thank you. Um, I was very surprised and blown away. I remember watching the trailer. And I was watching it with Alyssa, and we were both like, oh, it shows everything. I don't know if I'm really into this. And then you saw it. We're talking about it. Other people were talking about it. And we were invited by some friends to go see it. And then was... the trailer's really good bait and switch. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of good twists that it leaves out. Yeah. yeah. It's great. And there's legitimate stuff in the trailer that is not in the movie at all. Mm-hmm. And I, it's been a very long time since I've actually seen a trailer that doesn't give shit away. So that was very cool. That was cool. funny because I, 
I saw the trailer, but I guess I missed the beginning of it. Yeah. And so when we were talking about it at work and someone said, like, oh, it's about domestic violence. And I had only seen part of the trailer. So I had in my head, like, oh, it's an allegory for domestic Mm. violence. And so when I was talking to Rod later, I was like, I heard that it's, like, actually about domestic violence. He was like, yeah, the in the first line of the trailer, it's like, yeah. my torturous ex-husband. I was going to say, it seems, <laughs> it seems pretty out there yeah. already, like, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's just straight up. <laughs> I thought it was going to be, like, some deeper meaning mm-hmm. in the story, but that is just what it's about. There's just something great about tying wires to actors and just dragging them around, like, houses. Uh, I feel like just how they do all the pra- a lot of the practical effects for the invisibility... I thought it was like super cool, and also oh, yeah. without she acted the shit out of that role. And I think, at least from behind the scenes footage I was watching, it looked like she, Elizabeth Moss was doing a lot of the, her own stunts. Yeah. She's like, Ooh, she's cruising it. Yeah, being like thrown. <laughs> it looked like it didn't look like a stunt double like, being thrown across the room. Mm. Uh, no spoilers, but like how they do the invisibility stuff and like everything cool. with Adrian was surprising and really cool. Yeah, yeah it was nice. very enjoyable. And it's doing incredibly well at the box office. Yeah. Um. So I guess the Tom Cruise Mummy Dark Universe starter that did not start. I guess now we're starting ha. with Elizabeth Moss. I mean, I think that's the direction to go with these mm-hmm. monster, cla- like classic monster movies. Make Blumhouse do it. Make it a horror movie. Ten, seven to ten million dollar budget, and there you go. Is Blumhouse with a great one? director, um, mm-hmm. same guy that did uh, Upgrade, which is Lee Wenell. Lee Wenell, who Wenel. wrote the Saw movies. He's the guy in the room with Carrie Elwes in Saw. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote like the Insidious films and stuff too. So. Um, him directing is really awesome. Yeah, if you haven't seen the movie Upgrade, that was Very his first good. movie with Logan Marshall Green. Yeah, knock off Tom Hardy. <laughs> we thought. Is Blumhouse the I watched one that whole movie and thought it was Tom Hardy. The uh, intro thing is like, it's a spooky house, there's a spooky girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. A chance yeah. around. I know, it's really silly. And so on. Yeah. And then, Tori, you were saying before recording that the next one's going to be a Dracula movie? Yeah, directed by uh, Karen Kusama, who I think is the person that directed The Invitation, which I really Ooh, love. Oh, I really like The Invitation. Um, but I could be getting that wrong. Um, yeah. So, mm. big recommend for mm. Invisible Man. Um. Well, in theaters, I haven't seen a ton lately, but I did see Portrait of a Lady on Fire, uh, which was gorgeous, and I cried a lot while I was watching it, Um, but it's, um, you know, basically a French period lesbian drama uh, that's, like, really one of, like, the most beautiful love stories, and um, it, you know... The, you know, heartbreak and, like, breakup of it is, like, really beautiful and emotional, too. Um, It's about, like, a woman who's going to paint this other woman for her, like, husband-to-be, and they fall in love um, in the process, and it's just fucking gorgeous. It's, like, really amazing. Um, Yeah, I was just, like, a wreck while I was in the theater watching it. Um, So that was really amazing, Um, and I, I think it's still playing at the Ritz, so people should see it. And then at home, I watched two movies recently. Uh, One the other night, which was Wild at Heart, uh, which is a David Lynch movie with Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern. That's really crazy and also like an odd, like wonderful love story. Um, And then Shin Godzilla, uh, which is excellent. That is uh, by the director... The creator uh, of uh, Evangelion. Yeah, I heard, which is really cool. Um, Yeah. I haven't seen that yet, but as I understand it, it's basically Mm. like a Godzilla movie from the lens of like Like bureaucratically handling it as a city, which sounds 
It's like the Battlestar Galactica yeah. of like Godzilla films. Which and Godzilla is awesome. legitimately scary in it too. But like, he has like silly googly eyes, he, right? Yeah. He has silly googly eyes, but he evolves over time and towards the end, like is legitimately scary. It's a lot of just like the government like being idiots and not knowing what to do. And also like young people in the government who actually know what to do but aren't being listened to. Which sounds, sounds a lot familiar. like Evangelion. Yeah, it's all very good. Yeah, I'm sure you guys would enjoy it. I'm really excited to eventually watch Evangelion. Gellion, but um, Shin Godzilla was fucking top tier Godzilla. Is it animated or live action? Live action. Mm. Um, And the special effects are really cool for it also. Yeah. Right on. Cool. Yeah. Anything else anybody wants to share out? Um, I finally saw Midsummer. Um, The biggest thing, my biggest takeaway is just white people though. Like I can't even. (laughs) Uh, That's it. Um, I White dudes. Yeah. But like just white people yeah. I, even the women in it i was like what the fuck mm-hmm. um yeah i just i end the movie ended and i went huh and then i never <laughs> thought about it again oh wow oh, um wow. Okay. yeah it was i it was fine it was fine um but i've also been watching the trials of gabriel fernandez i actually finished it it is so fucked up but if you're a true crime person watch mm-hmm. it then talk to me about it and how fucked up it is um because jesus christ uh, but it's really interesting because as someone like myself who like is adamantly against the death penalty, there are moments throughout the series where you're like, I don't believe in this, but this dude is fucked up. Like, he deserves to die. Like, I don't think anyone deserves to die, but like, if there was someone, you know, this man, yeah. this man, he, he pu- almost pushed me to my edge. Mm. Is, it, uh, is, that, is that on Netflix? Yeah. There are six episodes. Oh, perfect length. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dive into um, Alana's pick. We're doing something a little different for this guest episode. Uh, Alana brought, is it your favorite movie of all time? Or would you say it's like one of your favorite? Definitely one of my favorites. I will say, I didn't actually, this pick was kind of thrust. Upon, I don't want to say thrust upon me because that <laughs> sounds mean. Uh, you You brought it up to me because it was something you, two of you, had never seen before. And it is one of my favorite, most cherished movies. Wait, you guys hadn't seen it before? No. no. I was shocked too, yeah. yeah. Oh my god! Okay, uh, shit. And so we had already been talking about how I really wanted you guys to see it, and then it seemed like a perfect film for this experience. Which is? Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> the classic masterpiece. I have only seen two Muppet movies going into this one. Uh, and I watched it with Alana on Disney Plus, and all the Muppet movies are on Disney Plus, which is pretty cool. And <clears throat> which ones did you see? I saw the 2011 one with Jason Segel. Okay, which was really good. I don't I, know, I've heard re- it. Is really good. It's liking. good. It's cute. Uh, and then there was one where is a Grover who tries not Grover. Um, Gonzo. 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 Sesame Street. Uh, Gonzo who tries to find his family on like another planet. Right? Wasn't that yeah, like alien. space? An yeah. Early 2000s yeah. movie. Uh, so I saw that in theaters, and then so I have not had mu- much of a Muppets vacation in my life wow they also i was very excited because one of my students told me muppet babies was on um disney plus and i was like oh fuck yeah and then <laughs> it was the new one because i Aww. guess they rebooted it oh, really? and it's like like see like not cgi it's like computer Aww. animated as opposed to like you know that. the muppet babies of my childhood but <laughs> i did get excited to know that like my kids loved muppet babies and i was like that's cool like i'm into that <laughs> muppet Aww. babies were great so good yeah uh that was actually kind of my first question was just like what's everyone's uh previous muppet 
knowledge or awareness. You had just yeah. saw Christmas Carol, right? Yeah, which was I mean, the first Muppet movie you'd ever yeah, seen. Yeah, my family, yeah. we weren't Muppet people. So, <laughs> you know, I just... Can we get that on a t-shirt? You were walking around yeah. like... We were Muppet people. Uh, waving your arms at dinner. I was just living my life, not knowing. Um, yeah, I saw Christmas Carol around Christmas, and... It opens up. I, I think like m- maybe less than five minutes in, and I already had like tears in my eyes from laughing because it's <laughs> just like small things, and it's like this is this is my sense of humor. That, like when Christmas Carol starts, and it it's just like a side thing that's happening. There's a carriage being driven, and in the the carriage is like lettuce and a bunch of other things and they're like help i'm being stolen that's it there's nothing else said about it it is just a background thing that happens there's so much shit like that 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 is it that is my sense of humor i like held my face laughed so hard my my roommate who i was watching it with had to pause it because i was losing my mind i love that Man, I yeah, I grew up like watching like the Muppets TV show, like the variety, like hour shit, and oh man, I loved it. It was so good. Yeah, I bet you do. Uh, well, would have grown up with like uh, yeah, mostly this movie a lot. I saw this movie mm-hmm. a ton, and also yeah, the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol were my big two. Um, was also a big Muppet Babies fan, and probably had like maybe more interaction with that than actual like Muppet movies or like mm. the TV show. But um, yeah, the Muppets are just you know. So good. One of the pure lights of the world. It's true. <laughs> yeah. One of the few things we can hold up. I'm going to guess my first exposure was probably the uh, 3D attraction at uh, Disney World. It's like a Muppets like sit down theater thing. It's a good one. Uh, and it was right next to like the P- Toy Story, like Pizza Palace restaurant. Uh-huh. It was the Hollywood Studios. <laughs> so that's probably like my very first exposure to the Muppets was there. I don't know why it wasn't in my life. I don't know. You know what also should be noted is that, uh, of course, uh, Jim Henson and the Muppets' contribution, uh, really kind of shaping, uh, Sesame Street as well. Right. Which, yeah. um, you know, hugely impactful and a really amazing and uh, yeah. an important series. Yeah. I mean, Jim Henson's just, like, one of the coolest dudes to ever work in, like, TV and movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember. I mean, I, I grew up with this movie. Like, it was something my sister and I watched when we were kids. In fact, I was desperately trying to find the picture for us, but I don't oh, know right. where it is. But yeah, my sister and I used to do like selections from shows or movies and like perform them for our parents. And we did a selections from Muppet Treasure Island. And somewhere there's a picture of us in a cardboard box because that was the boat on a blue towel. And we put our like fish beanie babies on the blue towel. Oh, <laughs> and I yeah. was like wearing bandanas, and we—that's probably how I know the words to every song so well. Is we and I can verify that Alana kind of let me sing while we watched it. And I was um, very appreciative. Before the movie started, she went. She turned to me and went, "Is it okay if I sing through the entire movie?" And I went, hundred percent yes." <laughs> that was Christine when we watched Cats. <laughs> oh man! In a theater. Oh god. Also, the very the funny thing about that screening of Cats was that so many people I know from different areas of my life all went to that midnight showing of Cats, and it was I was amazing. like, "Yeah, I was just like, I was like, oh, that's weird. My Eastern State people are here. Like my D and D people are here. My movie people are here. Like everyone is at this thing tonight. Brings Philly together. Really does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I. Got really into Jim Henson and the Muppets in, like, high school, I guess. Um, my mom got me the first season of, like, the Muppet movie. Or mm. Not the, the Muppet TV show from, mm. like, the 60s. So I watched all of that. Um, 
and yeah, I just love, they, like Sam, they're just, my sense of humor is purely, like, utterly silly, but with love and, like, no stakes, pretty much, just, yeah. like, <laughs> utterly true. stupid, mm-hmm. that it's just, like, in Mapa Treasure Island, the first, like, I'm not Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 he's Jimmy, Jim, Jim, just, like, the stupidest lines, and that one makes me laugh every time. So good. And that's just, like... Yeah, Muppets just bring such a, like, pureness and love to the world. There's just something about the look of some of the Muppets as well. The ones that look like sentient dust, I love so much. Excuse me? There's there's a, uh, not the main lobster one, but there's another kind of, like crustacean one that pops up in one musical number and I love the fucking way he looks every time I see him and I'm just like yeah you're the best like, and not like, a main Muppet yeah. but like and I think that's what I love like especially in these movies where you, when you look at a musical number or something you're just like what is that a banana? What is that right like yeah. a cactus that just shows up and it's like I just love that it's a world where like anything is eligible to become a Muppet a Muppet can look like that's anything true. Like, it, that's and like when food comes to life and that kind of and, stuff. And the, so, they were in this one too. Yeah, the tomato. Uh, <laughs> but, but they even said, we had to be in this movie somehow. And, ooh, yeah, so good. I love all the faces that Kermit makes. Because oh, he's just ones. like a glorified sock this, puppet. But... Like, when, it, when the puppeteer is doing this with their hands, like, yeah, just like all gets crushed. Like, fully pulled in. I feel like, that oh, look in my bones. I want my I want my face to do that in yeah. most social situations. Like my face can't physically do that, but my soul does it yes, all the time. It does. <laughs> I also love anytime you see a Muppet's feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this one too, like that opening number. Just the production of this is fucking wild because you have, yeah. like, the talking skulls. You have the talking, like, Easter Island head kind mm-hmm. of things that are all singing in this. At the first scene in the bar, one of their mugs starts talking. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh. everything in this is a Muppet. <laughs> yeah. So you got to be careful what you, like, step on or, like, handle or whatever. It's quite a confusing world. The level of detail in this movie was just, like, absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, like you were saying, everything could be Muppet, everything comes to life. Every set felt so rich. And even though, like, thinking about it, like, this is just a room, this is just a boat. And, like, the, mm. these were just, like, the main things they had. But how, like, those worlds are, like, brought to life, I thought was, like, really incredible. Yeah. The moose on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, the moose. That's a great one. <laughs> and the fact that, like, every Muppet, whether you know it or not, has a name and, like, mm-hmm. an identity. And so... And, and the names are just so like clueless Morgan <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> and then when they call him a shortened name, they just call him Clueless. <laughs> yep. Like Clueless over here. <laughs> um, I, th- I think one of my favorite gags were the three different Tom pirates. Uh, oh, that- Tom. <laughs> Real old Tom. <laughs> dead Tom. And it was like, they shot Tom. They shot dead Tom. It's like, he was dead the whole time. <laughs> um, That's why they call him Dead Tom. Previous guest, Tom, <laughs> of the Lighthouse episode, loves that moment. When they call, when they have the the, the running course, Tom jokes. And I was like, oh, that so happy. That whole roll call is so scene. funny. Yeah. Headless who? It's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, there's Headless Bill. 
Yeah, yes. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah. And then the last one that is big fat bug faced baby eating O'Brien. <laughs> and, and, and it's just a right? sexy lady. Oh, and then it's like Angel something. It's like, is Angel Marie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I so this was a few weeks ago. I was talking about that scene, I think, to Tom, because every time I see him, I'm like, old Tom. <laughs> Real old Tom. Um, and I just love the roll call scene so much. And so I was like talking about it, and I think I pulled it up to show someone at work and then I got home and I checked my time hop and it was like eight years ago I posted big fat ugly baby face bug eating O'Brien <laughs> I was like I so don't good. know if this is just some like weird beautiful Jim Henson inspired cosmic aligning or if I am just always talking about this scene <laughs> it's not really a coincidence I remember when you learned that Sam and I had never seen this and then you vowed <laughs> to get yes. us into a room to watch it I feel like, yeah, it's a real honor to be here for you. <laughs> um, well, what was? Uh, did everyone have a favorite song? I loved the um, like the um, oh, when they're the cabin like, fever, cabin fever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was so much you fun. Know, just yeah, probably. That one is great. I mean, I just got like the warm and fuzzies when that like. Like there's not the first song. I loved the first song, but um, the something better. The something better. Mm -hmm. Like I immediately just like reverted to being like, oh man, I remember what this felt like watching this as like a child, which was really cool. I read that um, it was actually the success of Christmas Carol because I was a couple years before this one Mm -hmm. that people loved Gonzo and Rizzo as the narrators so much that they were like they need to be. Originally, they said they were gonna try and do them as like a split version of the character Jim Hawkins. That's like mm. Jim and Hawkins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were going to be Jim and Hawkins as portrayed <laughs> by the two of them. But, but then, I just changed to make it like a coming Yeah, they story. were like, then they thought that people wouldn't like, there needed to be like a central heart of the movie. And Which so I guess is how that kid. always goes with the Treasure Island kind of stories. Like there's Treasure Planet, which is kind of similar to with like the main mm-hmm. like younger character and stuff. Yeah. The hmm. one-legged quote-unquote pirate person mm. oh yes i was doing some reading on the original treasure island like by robert Lewis stevenson's <laughs> and it said that his portrayal of long john or his books uh you know long john silver having a peg leg and a parrot is like how the image of the pirate got popularized mm. as That's having cool. a peg leg and a parrot yeah. his lobster parrot tim curry's <laughs> lobster parrot Sally, yeah that 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 killed me yeah and Tim Curry, man, what a what a I national. Know. I have so much to say about yes. him. Tim Curry was such well, a major part of my, on my childhood. List is just let's talk about Tim Curry. <laughs> <laughs> him now is so sad. I it's know. so painful to watch people who you loved as like a kid. I know, especially age. someone like so full of life. Like he him. seems to keep up like a good like sense of humor and everything yeah. about it, which is like really nice. But and like it is stroke. sad when yeah, you was, like yeah. Because you're right, like, he is very lively, and so, his characters, oh uh, there's, like, just a fucking energy in all of his characters mm-hmm. that, like, you know, even when he's doing fucking voice work in, like, mm-hmm. um, Fern Gully, it's like he steals mm-hmm. the show every time. The yeah. wild thornberries. I was just going to say, Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when that was, like, a thing a few years ago? People were putting Nigel Thornberry's Yes, I oh, sure yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. sure do. 2013. <laughs> <laughs> Some things you don't forget, and that is one of them. <laughs> I remember being a kid and not quite very young, not realizing that there's, like, actors behind the cartoons, and then mm. seeing, like, 
oh, that's the guy who voices Nigel Thorne. Yeah, that tracks. That yeah, that is him. That makes sense. Looks you know what's freaky? Uh, look up the guy who does Mr. Krabs. It's uh, the uh, cr- the crooked uh, guard in Shawshank Redemption. Clancy Brown. Yeah. That freaked me out. <laughs> shit, Clancy Brown is Mr. Krabs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa. He also Weird voices shit, right? uh, Surtur in Thor Ragnarok. Oh. Whoa. That, like, oh, blew my mind. Well. And he's also really good in Punisher season, too. Oh, season. Uh, or uh, I love season Clancy two. Brown. He's in, like, a bunch of B-movies that are really great. But, like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, also, did anyone notice it's the scene where you're introduced to Tim Curry and his, like, lobster? They make a Disney joke, which has aged really weird now that <laughs> they're owned by Disney. Oh, the singing, dancing. Mouse. Yeah. Mouse like, that runs real. an amusement park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was immediately like, is weird since I'm watching this on Disney Plus right now. Yeah. <laughs> when did Disney acquire the Muppets? That's just like a history. Oh, like were they there? Were the Muppets their own, own? Like did like ABC or NBC own them or like it was on? It was Jim Henson Studios for a long yeah, time. Yeah, they're yeah. their okay. own thing. Yeah, and then Disney bought Jim Henson. So Studios like at some Muppet point. Treasure Island in '96 was produced by Walt Disney apparently, but they were oh. not and didn't own the Muppets. They just produced the movie. Interesting. Um, which yeah has come back around it was fairly recently i want to say like 2012 or 13 i think it was when they maybe? made that jason siegel movie maybe it was when 2011 yeah because that has disney all over the yeah. oh shit okay that's so interesting yeah. yeah fucking disney i do have some kind of crazy uh awesome notes about tim curry from Please. uh the production Please. of this movie um which are which are all pretty pretty adorable um oh, can't wait I mean, uh, Tim Curry had been a a huge Muppet fan for a very long time leading up to uh, to this movie uh, and has said that he played uh, loved playing Long John Silver uh, more than most roles that he's played. And this is one of his favorite movies he's ever been in Um, when initially uh, trying out for the role. uh, He was uh, trying to walk with a peg leg. Like an actual like prosthetic peg leg, uh, but the discomfort forced him to change it to uh, a crutch. Um, he modeled his uh, character's voice, Long John Silver's voice, after his grandfather's. And at the end of the production, uh, Tim Curry was given a his own Muppet uh, that was made in his likeness uh, <laughs> as as the character Long John Silver. Oh, that's adorable. That's so cute. Which is all. Very, very cute and very cool. He and um, Hawkins have like a just a cute little like back and forth story mm-hmm. that I really love in this movie. Mm-hmm. And like the like without it, it would just be like a fun, silly Muppets movie. But that I think also like gives it a lot of like heart and mm-hmm. feeling behind it, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think this really nails the like. I'm going to teach you things, kid, and I'm then I'm going to betray you, actually. The person mm-hmm. you thought you loved is actually going to hurt you, but he actually still does like you. Like, it just nails that kind of, like, just mm-hmm. core classic yeah. theme so well and so simply. Yeah. God, that's the book. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'd actually, that was kind of one of my questions was, like, Long John Silver is actually kind of a, like, nuanced character. Yeah. He, and which I was reading about actual Long John Silver from Treasure Island and, like, that's the, he really is like a father figure to Jim until he mutinies um, and even throughout and you see that in the movie like he's the story I is like really you. about yeah the, it's the story of Jim's struggle to reconcile uh, what he what he fantasized about and put up on a pedestal when actually interacting with it and uh, he learns a lot you know character's journey <laughs> so I was wondering if you guys thought that that was like done well for a children's movie or like other movies that you've seen either poorly navigate uh or successfully 
like a, a nuanced or complicated character for kids that doesn't sit between good and evil. There was a line where uh, Tim Curry talks about like a pirate, like a buccaneer is like good or bad, depending on like it's how you look at buccaneers yeah. that makes them bad or good. But I see us as members of a loyal brotherhood. And so when that was, I was, I was like, wow, that's, and I think I said, that's really nuanced for like a kid's movie, like kind of perspective and talking about like English hiring. I probably like Sir Walter Riley, like Walter Riley to like harass the Spanish. That's like some like interesting historical stuff, mm. like thrown in this kid's movie. Because I remember my sister said, my sister hated Frozen when she first saw it. And she hated it especially because it was like, she was frustrated that with, um, what's the character's name? Hans? That's Hans. Santino Fantana, yeah, right? Yeah. That Hans, when he turns evil, he's the one that turns evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That it was like, she thought it would have been more nuanced for him to be like, we just don't have a spark or like maybe you just shouldn't get married <laughs> the day you meet someone but it was like he had to be full blown yeah. evil mm-hmm. for it to not work with her um and i don't know so that's an example i feel yeah. like of like mm. needing to show kids or being very black and white with kids um but i don't know i appreciated that this movie still had all of the like he's not purely Evil. I mean, I would say the Muppets stick the landing every time. Uh, yeah. They they present us with a lot of like, and and they're almost always human figures, not uh, not actual Muppets, um, who are presented as these sort of like you know menaces and so on. But they're also like really humanizingly comical, and um, yeah, they they just have this really really brilliant way of introducing even antagonists as something that is forgivably part of the Muppet world, Can which I is say... really tasteful and really smart. I just started thinking, I was like, yeah, I guess Scrooge and like Michael Caine is yeah. Yeah, also like a good one. comic figure throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered the best part of that movie, which is Marley and Marley. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking good. And but- poor Michael Caine, he was so stressed out trying to sing on that movie. Apparently he had like horrible anxiety the Aww. whole time. Oh, when Tim Curry like first like really built in this movie, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I got like chills sitting there this morning. Also, that kid uh, that plays Hawkins, um, I like was just like looking up who the main um, pirate was at the bar that ends up dying. So I like recognized that actor oh, from yeah. a ton of stuff. Um, and then I like saw him and I was like, oh, like Garrett, he got hot when he like got older. <laughs> and then Garrett looked, he's like, yeah, he looks like he stars on like a USA show. <laughs> and I was like, that's like for sure. He's like very clean cut and blonde and has like very the blue mustache. eyes. Mustache. Did you see that? Picture? Yeah, I oh, saw yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, his yeah, picture, yeah. his headshot now. Is I just know. Like... Has he been in anything recently? I don't uh, know. He does like comedy stuff now. That's huh. what we saw. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know, something about the Muppets that, Alana, you said before, but why I think they nail it every time is because everything comes, it starts and it always ends in a place of love, mm. which is like when the the biggest problem I have with comedies is because they don't always approach things like that and you just end up hating people throughout the series or throughout the movie and the jokes aren't funny because they're mean but when you approach it this way and like you can poke fun at people while also having that be like one of your love languages and it not be in a way to like tear someone down and so like 
yes, that's a part of why the Muppets nail it. It's because like it's it's even when you have a character like Long John Silver who is like, you know, trying to maroon these people, like literally <laughs> pointing mean? a gun at Hawkins <laughs> at the end and um, ruthless pirate, but yeah, he but does. But he can't, he can't Kim kill Jim or right, Martha because right. he yeah. loves him. And yeah. he, he literally says, I just can't do it. I yeah. just can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. With, like, tears in his eyes. Mm-hmm. It, that, like, really got me when I watched it this and time. And then all of the, like, all of the the band, his band of pirates are just so funny. Mm-hmm. And, like, and they're not even, they're so bad at being evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> there's this great sense that, like, there is this, this big betrayal, but it never feels, it, it never feels, like, particularly villainous, you know? Yeah. Which is something really rare. One of my favorite moments is when, like, they're, he kind of turns when they try to mutiny against him and then he turns it back on them mm-hmm. when they give him the black spot and then Clueless Morgan is like stroking him. <laughs> you're beautiful. <laughs> you're, pre- you're precious. <laughs> I know he just immediately talks himself out of getting like mutinied yeah. by the pirates. It's so great. Speaking of betrayal, can we talk about one of the best parts of this movie? Please. Miss Piggy. Oh. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, I had a weird moment where I never really liked Miss Piggy when I was like young watching these. And this time I was like, Miss Piggy's the fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's so good in this and funny and like stands up for herself and like kicks fucking ass. <laughs> My God! Oh, the number that her and Kermit sing as they're dangling over the say, cliff. I think "Love Let Us Here" might be my favorite. Song oh, that's a great in the movie. Song too. It's like was just a good like, love song. Garrett was like, "This feels misplaced. It's like kind of weird." I was like, "Well, they're intercutting it with pictures of the pirates throwing gold <laughs> yeah. in like slow motion, so it's pretty fitting right now." <laughs> um, I feel like I, oh, I can tell the spam story. So apparently, um, because one of the like tribal pigs. Yeah, that Miss Piggy yeah. is and you know lives on the island with mm-hmm. introduces himself as Spam. Apparently, the company that owns Spam tried suing the Muppets for it, <laughs> and the judge dismissed the case with some quote that was like, "I would think they'd be honored to be compared to actual pork." <laughs> <laughs> also, you don't take the Stop Muppets it. to court. Just right? Oh my God, the yeah. slam dunk of that judge. <laughs> There is a lot of, like, weird pork stuff, though, because, like, the innkeeper at the beginning is also making jokes about the pigs. Like, I know this one. Yes. No offense. No mean offense. nothing to most people, but since you guys talk about people we know specifically on this podcast, I guess it doesn't matter if I mention a work thing. So uh, I was telling Connor, the woman at the beginning, um, the, I forget. The From AppFab? Sure. Uh, absolutely fabulous. It was like a big know. British TV show, and she was like the star of it. Um, I, I did see she was like a British. Comedian. Yeah, so she's yeah, like the a, innkeeper's yeah. wife, or you like um, Mrs. She is the woman that I think of when I think of Mrs. Blunton from mm-hmm. history. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. That was I a just, thing. Like when that's always who I'm just <laughs> her, like barreling in. I forgot about her, and then as soon as the movie started, I was like, oh my god, this image of this woman is actually like embedded in me. As soon as she came on stage, I was like, holy shit i remember all of this especially because i feel like when you were a kid like boobs (laughs) really stuck out (laughs) i feel like any character that had like big comical boobs it's like it's the woman with the boobs (laughs) (laughs) because her boobs are outrageous in this film they are 
I think that was I know we talked about the movie like Muppets movies like kind of low stakes but there are some moments of like real tension like the mm-hmm. inn is set on fire like her livelihood is like <laughs> up in flames and like the little kids trying to run out like Rizzo and Gonzo are trying to like get out of there She's and then she just like beats the, the shit out of these Muppets you're saying how that must have been so she much fun to film just like yeah. bursts out of the door and just like pounding the shit well I remember the black spot being like legitimately terrifying when I was a kid watching this when he just like hands him that and then all of a sudden he's like oh no yeah Yeah, and yeah I remember like the when I was trying to figure out what I actually remembered from this movie the scenes in the inn are like the most embedded in my brain which is really weird (laughs) the blind Muppet (laughs) yeah that one's great it is a (laughs) 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 and that gag when they like light the um the gunpowder on the ground yeah. and it keeps going back and forth. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's a great gag. Yeah. I also really like what they do to like build up the captain of the ship and like it turns out oh, it's Kermit. Yeah. I, a man who gets off before I him. truly did not expect. <laughs> the temper of a volcano. I genuinely was just consuming. I wasn't thinking I about what was going to happen. And so the guy gets out and then he moves away. Kermit shows up and I, my roommate looked at me to see how I was going to react, and I think I shot up out of my seat to just be like, this is the funniest thing. What an amazing moment that. to have, like, pretty detached from Muppets time, you know? Right, like, I'm right. pretty sure all of us were like, yeah, Kermit's going to show up at some point. Oh, we're, like, sure. waiting for it. And it's, like, kind of deep into the film. Like, it's like, yeah. at least a half hour, and yeah. Pinky's not around until, like, an hour in. Yeah, yeah it's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, weird. One thing I did see when I was looking up uh, kind of the critical reception when the movie came out apparently is not super well received by critics really or at least like the major Idiots. critics <laughs> yeah um, like 2.5 out of 5 <laughs> on yeah. rogerebert.com and one of them i think it was ebert that said that like he preferred the muppets when they were being themselves in movies like mm-hmm. kermit being kermit as opposed to like them all playing these characters um yeah, I just thought it. That's interesting because like it doesn't feel like they disappear into these characters. Yeah, like, still very they much found the Muppets. character that aligned <laughs> yeah. with them and the yeah. personality they'd created for them. Well, I liked the. I mean, I was a. We just talked about this before we started recording, but I was a fucking nerd, and so I loved like the kid adaptations of literature and history and stuff Mm -hmm. and i know we talked about wishbone and i was telling garrett like i watched the show i had the dog i had the books i had the odyssey uh computer game where he was like the main character in the odyssey was the cd or floppy disk uh cd okay yeah it was but like i like ate this shit up and like i was like i'm surprised like there weren't more of these muppets ones because this and christmas carol are like two of my favorite like pieces of like the muppets universe i read so so many of those illustrated classics like I, I probably read like too, twenty yeah. of those. Yeah. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. I remember building like a blanket, like a um, like we had this huge like sectional couch in my house that I grew up in, and I I would lift the um, cushions up to make like a little like lean to for it, and then I'd like read it in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It feels like that. Kind of, I mean, I'm not up and up on children's media, I guess, but it seems like there's not anyone doing like uh, adapting classics for kids like there was a lot of in the 90s because yeah like the jim carrey 3d robert zemeckis animated mm. um christmas carol Ow. that was by yeah, disney a couple years like maybe 
was weird. Eight years ago? There are these very, like, they're, like, cardboard books for kids. So they're made for, like, really young kids. Mm. But they have, like, a Pride and Prejudice and Dracula and, like, some of these other ones. So, like, there are some of those that I've seen, which, like, give me a little hope when yeah, I'm like, cool. oh, yeah. So, like, future nerds like me can, like, get their start. <laughs> but, yeah, like, you're right. I don't I don't know how much of that I actually see. I mean, we live in such, like, um, IP, like, intellectual property-fueled cinema space yeah. that, like, something has to be, like, a comic book or a superhero, you know, just kind of, like, mm-hmm. that's what's really in right now, not necessarily, like... Because I know there's, like, a few, like, adaptations of older works. Like, Emma probably, I think, came out yeah. with Annie Taylor-Joy. So it's, like, we're still getting some of those, like, classics, but, like, in terms of the kids' world... It's like really, it's mostly just seems to be for adults now. Yeah. Because I just love, I mean, it's, they only made really the two of them where it was Muppets like inhabiting characters mm-hmm. that already existed. Um, but I would have loved to have seen like Muppets Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> well, yeah. What's the one you would want? Oh, Ooh, gosh. that's such a good question. Oh, that is a really good question. Oh, boy. I, would I will say see... I was thinking about Muppets Jane Eyre because you could just have like animal in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> What's that sound? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> Muppet Odyssey <laughs> would be pretty fun. I think Muppet Twelfth Night. Oh my god. Muppet, oh, Muppet, Muppet Twelfth Night would be really choice. good. Oh, but like Muppet Odyssey you could have a joke of like Miss Piggy being a being Cersei as a pig, like turning all the men into pigs. Yeah, like something with some shit good. like that. Yeah. Muppet to kill a mockingbird. <laughs> oh my god. Kerman is Atticus. Yeah, Kerman is obviously my <laughs> Or no, or uh, like the eagle. Ratley. Oh my god. The Ratley would be a human. Yeah, they'd have to get a person. <laughs> also, Tom Sweetums, would have to be a person too. Sweetums at the end of this I movie. I love you guys. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh, crack that's a up. Tough question. I gotta think on that yeah. some more. Yeah. That's really hard. Yeah. Titus Andronicus. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah, my final answer is not to kill a mockingbird. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> or like just like you know modern stuff. Like uh, I looked at you and thought like Muppets, there will be blood. <laughs> oh. oh boy. I drink who, your milkshake. Yeah, who would who would it be? Why were Brandon Myers on? I don't know. What <laughs> sound like. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, man. you know, there's that popular question. It was it was something that we uh, we actually brought up at work the one time. Um, for for the staff was uh, a question of if you could repl- and I think this is actually like fabricated from like Twitter or Tumblr or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, the question was if you could replace uh, everyone except one person in a movie with Muppets, <laughs> who would what movie would it be and who would be <laughs> the, the person. one person not a Muppet? Ooh. And that was a great question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like Keanu as, Reeves should act against a bunch of Muppets. Oh, that would be... <laughs> it's got to be a matter of time, Delightful. right? Yeah. Would watch the shit out of that. I don't even care what it's about. <laughs> I asked that question to a friend, and they had uh, an answer I was deeply satisfied with, which is uh, a good fellas, but the <laughs> the one person that's not a Muppet is Karen. <laughs> Lorraine Bronco. <laughs> that would be a great Wait, movie. Then, like, who the fuck is, uh, oh man, what's his face? Rayleigh. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows, man? Oh man. Fozzie Bear. <laughs> I feel like what a fun Ever meeting since that would have been. I wanted to be a wise guy. Waka waka. <laughs> oh, it works for everything. I love also their consistency. Like, even in the Wikipedia article, it lists the cast as, like, Kermit the Frog and Miss Biggie. <laughs> and, like, any in the credits at the beginning of the movie, it says, you know, Captain Smollett played by Kermit mm-hmm. the Frog. I just really mm-hmm. like that they're, like, these are 
care. Like beings. these are real beings, <laughs> yeah. and they play. That is Kermit the Frog playing a role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just. Assistant to Mr. Kermit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Miss Piggy and Yoda being voiced by Frank Oz. Frank Oz is truly the best. Absolutely. I know. Once I realized that and I was rewatching Star Wars, I was like, I can't unhear Miss Piggy. I know that that like destroys me now. (laughs) There, it's like all the Muppets are done, but not so much anymore. But originally, it was like. Four people did every right, single. Right. When you look at a Muppet movie, it's like, and there's Dave Goals and Frank Oz and originally Jim Henson Jim, yeah. covered pretty much everyone. The um, YouTube channel Defunct Land, and I think maybe it's on his second channel, Defunct Land TV, has a really great like six part series on Jim Henson from like his rise of like just local TV like puppet commercials to like being the Jim mm-hmm. Henson that we know and love. So I highly recommend anybody watch that. It's like five or six parts, and it's really in depth oh, cool. and really thorough each episode's like 25 minutes cool yeah my mom also, got me a bunch of like autobiographies of, or autobiographies just biographies <laughs> Jim Henson yeah. Yeah, when I was a kid. Oh, what a guy man and if you can find it like the history of Sesame Street is phenomenal <laughs> as well this film kind of reminded me of like bygone era of like how important home video was uh, I was just, I was reading online how I think this movie sold about five million copies on VHS. Mm. So I was like, it only oh, made. We for sure owned this on yeah, VHS. Yeah. The budget was about thirty million. It only made thirty four million in theaters. But like these movies, like these kids' movies, were made to live on for years. Right. Yeah. It's like a like a commercial a commercial product version of syndication in a way. Right. Like every household's mm-hmm. gonna have a copy of this. Thing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the clamshell, like oh. plastic. Oh, like yeah. the Nickelodeon orange, like the special oh, yeah, orange yeah. box. Oh, the orange ones are great. The yeah. Disney vault, like that shit yeah. was real. That yeah. was real. Yeah. Oh my god, it was yeah. a big deal. So I wonder if that's what has hurt like these types of kids movies coming out is like, well, they're just gonna watch Minecraft slime videos on YouTube. Like they're, I don't know. I wonder if that has any part <laughs> of it. So, that's what Sophia's into for sure. So the weird like. Pregnant Spider-Man <sighs> kids YouTube video. Let's not go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> my horse boyfriend. I'll look into that later. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, never forget. It. So we talked about my horse boyfriend. I <laughs> still have it saved on my phone because I like to look at the dialogue sometimes. <laughs> Christine kept sending she images of horse-human good. hybrids, and she <laughs> asked boy. to stop. I was about to like bring it up to Garrett and go on a thing, and I was like, man, he won't appreciate it. He's not weird enough. <laughs> Anything else folks have to add about Muppet Treasure Island? I have a handful of quick production oh, yes. notes that I think uh, <clears throat> I found that were kind of kind of weird and kind of interesting and kind of telling about um, uh, about the uh, the whole vibe of the production and like uh, seemingly just how exciting and like illuminating it would be to work on a project like this. Um, before the uh, production began, um, producer and director Brian Henson refused to cut his hair until the script was finished. <laughs> Who is he punishing? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, at one point, uh, both uh, David Bowie and Mick Jagger were seriously considered for the role of uh, John Silver before Tim Curry was cast. Um, they made the right choice. Yeah. And they really did. They did. Um, and these two I found to be, uh, to be pretty interesting as well. Um, Brian Henson uh, was nervous that the whole cast and crew would get motion sick on the ship as it rolled uh, on the gimbals. Um, so he gave uh, everyone seasickness pills for the first day of the shoot, and not only did the cast and crew not get seasick, but most of them nearly fell asleep on the job. <laughs> wow. And uh, this one, just kind of like a, a really touching one, um, was that uh, after Jim Henson's death, 
Uh, Rolf the dog was not recast for several years as he was considered the character closest to Jim Henson's actual personality, even more so than Kermit the Frog. In this movie, Rolf does appear but didn't speak uh, and is in the first Mm -hmm. scene in the tavern. Oh, that makes me want to cry. Have you guys seen, not that you would ever want to put yourself through this, but have you seen the video of Jim Henson's funeral? No. Um... Big Bird sings. It's not easy being uh, green. I, oh, don't, don't just don't. I mean, I don't just, do it to yourself. Oh, it's, but I have to. Now. <laughs> a collapse like a dying star. I'm, I'm gonna save that one for a it real, is, um, real yeah, deep. Next uh, time your therapist deep tells deep you to cry. Moment. Can we play <laughs> that for our transition music, Dave? <laughs> it oh, is truly awful. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a rough one. Uh, uh, it's like the opposite of the Live Aid performance of Queen. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh, that's rough. I gotta yeah. try yeah. my best not to watch that now, in spite of my, yeah. my and Carol Spinney, who it. plays Big Bird, just died last year. Really, a few months ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. I have a list of videos that I keep in a bank where I'm like, I need to cry. How? <laughs> okay, I actually wanted to ask you because I know what one of them is, but oh. I'm wondering <laughs> how it's changed in light of recent. It it Ooh. it hasn't. I think that we're just having it. That would be the Obama giving Joe Biden the Medal of Freedom. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I always think about <laughs> it. It has not changed because it is such okay. a pure moment of just yeah. kindness and joy that like nothing can really tarnish that mm. moment. Um, you know, regardless how anyone feels about <laughs> Joe Biden, but like. It is so, it's so beautiful. Okay. <laughs> I always think of Sam when I see things about Joe Biden in the middle of Freeman and when I think about freedom and when I think about the House on American Activities. Uh, the, the what? HUAC. <laughs> <laughs> the House on American Activities. Sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, we're going to be taking a quick break. You know what? I'm sorry. Actually, I will add really quickly. If you do want a really good uh, Muppet-related cry that yes. is um, is really oh, illuminating God. and really beautiful, um, look into the history of um, uh, of uh, Big Bird imagining Snuffleupagus. Oh, oh, I don't know what I feel like. Because it turns out that's all like a beautifully teaching metaphor through that series. Um, mm. I don't want to spoil it for you folks, but in essence, it, it has a lot to do with um, with child abuse and believing children, and is a really beautiful story. So definitely check that See, out. See, like if you find I can't it. listen to the Rainbow Connection without immediately just like erupting in tears. Like all of this other stuff is like just mm-hmm. will destroy me. <laughs> and I will say if you like if you're just getting into Muppet movies, if you've seen some of the uh, either like the twenty eleven, the more recent ones, or the nineties ones, like nineteen sixty nine original the Muppet movie. Wonderful. It's great. It's great. So wonderful. The way they ride those bikes is cin- <laughs> cinematic splendor. Like it's it's like Fantasia. It's amazing they could do that. Yeah, truly and that's where the rainbow connection comes from it's just yeah. so good i am excited to continue on this muppet journey my favorite muppets are the ones that say nothing in the scene mm. they're just there and you're like what are you the chickens like i, can't. <laughs> I do love like because it is hard to crack like what your sense of humor is sometimes mm-hmm. like what really gets you mm-hmm. and like it makes so much sense that the Muppet does because <laughs> there's so much weird like one-off lines <laughs> and side humor that like is the niche 
stuff that like has shaped me as a human. So. Yeah, that that's it exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like truly, I cannot say about Muppet Christmas Carol enough. But it's like <laughs> as soon as it starts, it's like doing that pan down of an archway, and there's just I don't even know what the fuck it is, but it's like a tiny like pile of dust. This is what I mean, yeah. and it's just like like a like a like a hairball. Like my cat threw it up, and it's just sitting up there, and it's like. You can't see that, but it's like <laughs> moving its legs. And I, it was like, yeah, I'm going to like this movie. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of times in this movie where uh, someone tries to reference what Gonzo is, and he goes, I don't know. And like, he like, every time it's like a throwaway, he's like a, a something. It. And I'm just like, every time it gets me, I love it so much. In the tavern where they put, um, where the whoever the human is, he puts the, the mug. Billy Bones. Yeah, Billy Bones. Pardon. <laughs> uh, he puts the mug over Rizzo, and you can see Rizzo's eyes like popping out of the. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a fan of the um, cruise vacation that all the rats? Yeah. That was amazing. You know oh, I was. Also, when Gonzo gets his legs and arms stretched, and there's that moment he's sitting in a cart, just like moving him up and down. He's so into it. And he he makes just the best net noise because he goes bully, bully, bully. <laughs> You're so fucking uh, funny. Oh <sighs> this is so much fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with uh, Alana's whiteboard question. Okay. I thought it was dumb. Maybe you're right. <laughs> Welcome back to... <laughs> uh, we hope guess... you enjoyed that wonderful Muppets-inspired break music. Uh, we are now moving on to our whiteboard. <laughs> and Dave is making a Muppets face. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I'll have some work to do. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, wait, by the way, I showed everybody that Muppet I was talking about at the beginning of Christmas Carol, and everyone laughed, so it is funny. Please go watch it. <laughs> Sam is validated. I am validated. It is just dust, dust chewing. Thing. It's munching. So in a butter with that first, we are having a guest craft the whiteboard question for us. So, Alana, what question are you going to have us answer? All right. Well, in the spirit of Long John Silver, um, my question is who or what? Is your favorite evil character who is also maybe more complex than just clear black and white? A nuanced, if your favorite nuanced bad guy. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> you want to take the helm on this one? I think what popped in my mind, and I was doing some quick Googling just to kind of get into the headspace, and I really think uh, Norman Bates. 
Ooh. Oh, you piece of shit. <laughs> Sorry. That was mine. That's Sorry. A very good answer. I just watched Psycho 3 the other day. Um, do you want to take the reins on this one answer. then? No, it's fine. <laughs> um, the TV show is also very good. So it's sort of like in multiple, and I haven't seen more than just the first Psycho in the TV show. Um, but I just think, you know, there's more to Norman than just killing people. He's got a lot of stuff going on. And well, you can probably articulate it better. Specifically, Anthony Perkins playing Norman. In the original, he's amazing. And there's like a decent gap between the original Psycho and Psycho 2. Yeah. And then he directs the third one. And then there is a fourth one that was like a made-for-TV one. But like years later, he steps into this role and like is obviously older and is still very sweet and like innocent. And like, you know, you want to root for Norman, even though he is doing bad things, because like he had like a really horrible upbringing and like a really abusive mother and all this shit and like wants to be a good person but like the mother personality just like won't let him be and it's like really heartbreaking Vera Farmiga is so good as Mm. Norma Bates in the TV show Mm. sorry Tori it's fine (laughs) yeah I mean I have a a couple Um, one of them feels almost too easy because the character has a huge arc. Um, this is TV Zuko from Avatar, The Last Airbender. <laughs> I was thinking about Zuko yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean Zuko. I thought of him because, well, I don't want to. Someone who you might say was was mentioned, and his arc is similar, but um, it was that one was so much like lessened for me because I was like, I can't, I can't really see redemption arcs anymore because the best redemption arc that will ever be seen in television is prince zuko and uh um 10 out of 10 cannot who is the prince of the fire nation yeah he is like he's i don't want to say anymore because i feel like already saying there was redemption arc is a spoiler if you want to watch the show sure i highly recommend it but like it is just the the best arc of a character i've ever seen the other one less of like actually watching this person change but just more nuance in their motivations because i was thinking like a lot of bad guys are given a past or a backstory that you can empathize with but you're like well but that doesn't give you the right to Mm. kill people just because you had trauma or something so i feel like the best nuance character is this one where you're like I agree with your motivation too, um, and for me that would be like Killmonger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good like, example. Yeah, I, would, yeah, yeah. I can't from blame you. Kind of. Yeah, sorry from Black Panther. Yeah, um, where even his motivation is <clears throat> hard to argue with. Yeah, that's a very good choice. Yeah. So the best villain of all time, nuanced in every way, is. Always 100% Salem Saber Hagen from Sabrina the Teenage <laughs> Um, Like, it is, there is no Hell yeah. question in my mind. <laughs> but um, moving away from that, doing something a little bit more relevant and topical is. <laughs> you really pulled the rug out. I know. On that one. <laughs> but as I was sitting here thinking, I was like, oh, no, no. I'm actually just sitting and processing this now because I'm like, you're right. It is set up that Salem, like, tried to take over the world, yes! right? And then it was turned into a cat. So I'm like, so it's her cat Hitler. <laughs> I mean, that would be basically like turning Hitler 
to a cat. It's okay. And, and then he goes up on like a review, and then and he's like, oh, "I'm not trying to take over the world." And they ask him one question. He's like, "Well, I would take over the world." I'm like, no. <laughs> Sabrina with that. Oh, oh my god, I would love. So, um, okay, but Continue. that's not my answer. Yes, right. But so um, I am sad that I couldn't make Wookie with that. So my answer is going to be Kylo Ren. Now, now here, now he. Here it is. So if you think about Darth Vader and you think about the, the canon that we have, which is the prequels and the fucking originals, the pre- mm, like the prequels, the prequels, <laughs> just watch Clone Wars, just man. Watch Clone Wars. Okay, but like for, for people who haven't, like me, um, watching the prequels, you're like, Anakin, I know you were a slave. And I get that. That fucking sucks. And like your mom or whatever. Like that's shitty. That's shitty. No, no doubt. But he was just a whiny little bitch boy. And then he's like, it's not fair. I'm on the council, but I'm not a Jedi master. Shut the fuck up. It's you impossible know? to blame either the writing or Hayden Christensen because they're both awful. I know. It was just, it was just. Just watch Clone Wars. It was just, just Everyone wrong. watch Clone Wars. Okay, but for this, for people who have not done that, um, but have unfortunately gone through the prequels. So you have that as a villain set up and you're like, I know, I just fucking can't get behind you i'm sorry and you're telling me that this guy this fucking guy is darth vader that that sucks that sucks no yeah, oh god you in know a way, it does make sense but it's also a story we don't need to see like he's no. fucking darth vader already you're we're done <laughs> we're already there right and so like i don't think that darth vader was threatening until rogue one because like not even in and like in in the originals you kind of get an idea of like his like fucked upness but like not really um on the flip side of that the best villain for me in star wars and i don't even want to call him a villain because of the the redemption arc that ben solo has and kylo ren and (laughs) and so like if you think about it though also if you still give a shit yeah yeah sorry well Whatever. Yeah, we've already talked about it. Who yeah, we had Wookiee yeah. with that. Anyway, so, you know, if you think about Ben Solo as like a little baby, parents don't have any time for him. He goes to train with his uncle, is being emotionally and physically manipulated and, and, and tortured, essentially, by Palpatine or Snoke, whoever the fuck. Um, and then his uncle tries to kill him, or what he perceives as his uncle trying to kill him. That fucking sucks. Like, how do you have any grasp on reality when your like life has been so tumultuous? Like, no one, no adult in your life has been safe for you. Like, that sucks. That sucks so much. Not that it's an excuse for, like, committing genocide. For blowing up five planets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. He doesn't need to do that. But you can see why he is so unstable and so sensitive because, like, this, like, he's still a kid and he has no idea how to be an adult, how to cope with anything. And then, you know, what the fuck, Rise of Skywalker, you had an opportunity to have a villain face the consequences of their actions and you didn't. You took the cheap way out. I can't. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to leave. Do it. Oh, my God. Just saying, I would listen to a podcast that was just you alone talking about Star Wars. I have been every voice in your head. (sighs) Anytime, any place. (laughs) Sam took to that rant with the energy of a conservative talk radio host. (laughs) (laughs) 
Which is really the energy you want for them. <laughs> okay, so who am I? Who am I? Am I Rush Limbaugh or am I, uh, what's Who's the guy who's Alex always, Jones? like, Alex spinning? Jones? Yeah, that guy. He just got arrested for DWI. I'm taking Star Wars and I'll tell you what they're doing. They're rolling it with their goddamn villains. They also, like, definitely ruled that he was, like, emotionally traumatizing the parents of Sandy Hook. Oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, don't get me started. That guy Cast anybody as Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> There's an unredeemable villain. Dave. Um, uh, tough call. I mean, my instinct is Daniel Plainview, but he is the protagonist of the story, so that's not technically correct. Um, I suppose in Wait, that... what's that from? Oh, I'm sorry. There, there Will Be Blood. Blood. Oh, yes, um, I have not seen that. It's uh yeah my favorite we talked about it at one point yes. uh, at length and uh, his his particular villainy in spite of being the central focus of the story, um, but uh, I guess in the vein of like horror it kind of brings me back around the like characters such as like maybe Leatherface or uh, or even Jason, mm-hmm. where it's like you know in, in each case it's like a leather Leatherface is just sort of um. A child of uh, basically, it seems a deeply incestuous family, and is like uh, is mistreated by them, and uh, is violent, which isn't excusable, but also is raised in a world that he has had no like social bearing or like real. It's basically a feral human being. Kylo Ren. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty comical. Uh, or also Jason, who is like you know he drowned while teenager teenage uh, you know camp counselors were making out instead of watching him at the lake, like. You know, eh, he probably shouldn't kill his more mom. People his than... mom told him sex was bad. Like he wants to kill everyone now. It's fine. <laughs> maybe he shouldn't kill more people than any uh, any established slasher in the genre. But you know, it's uh... oh, Jason, we miss you. It's been eleven years. Come back. You know what? Yeah, I'll watch another one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do they remake? His last appearance was not Freddy versus Jason, right? Well, no, they, they the did a remake, 2009 a Jared Padalecki right, right, Friday the 13th. Right. Um, I liked it. Garrett's been it playing okay. that game where you can be Jason and just like kill all the counselors and stuff. And I came home one day and like you hear uh, Mrs. Voorhees' voice as you're killing people. And it's like, yes, like kill Jason, oh kill. My God. And then I'm like doing something and I just hear him go, yes, mother. And I was like, you <laughs> can't fucking talk to Turn it off. Turn it off. I was We're like, done. we can't do this anymore. <laughs> Shut it down. The uh, team that made that game Friday the 13th is making a Predator game as well. Oh, cool. Oh, coming shit. Out soon. Fuck yeah. I love it. Predator's great. Oh, man. Some great answers. Um, anything anybody wants to plug as we're wrapping up? Nothing is happening. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, I have a re- cool review coming up, but that just got canceled. So, mm. well, um, yeah. Since this is my one time on the pod, I'll uh, plug my improv show. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which, according to the message we got today, is still on because you can never expect more than 250 people at an improv show. Is that was that in the email they sent you? That was, not, no, that was implied. They're like you fucking nerds. <laughs> it's like, do you think people are gonna get sick? Oh, people. What are you talking about? No, it's gonna be fine. Uh, so it will be on, uh, though actually not this Saturday, but, uh, from Saturdays going forward, presumably, uh, every Saturday, 8.30, thank you places at the Philly Improv Theater yeah. at uh, 20th and Sansom. We do so good hour-long improvised musical. Seen this troupe in action. They're fantastic. Yeah, and we're checking yeah. out. One of the best birthday presents I ever got was when Alana took my suggestion for macaroni and cheese. Aww. And they did an improvised musical about a craft factory going under. That's right. Mine was seeing the four of you for the Halloween one. 
And I saw the uh, the cowboy beautiful. musical. That one was fantastic, also. Yeah, they've all been good. I was I've actually seen it three or four times now. Yeah. They've all been good. I was yeah. actually seeing the opening number to the first one that I saw three years ago. Um, that was still stuck with me. Mm. The one that number that Rob song. So <laughs> it's really good. You should. There was that one it. for your birthday where you were like fucking a giraffe was... or something. <laughs> I believe I was Jeff Bezos and I ate or fucked a giraffe for power. Uh, it was good. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was, it was spot on. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> um, I guess Cinema Seventy Six. If anything is coming up right now, um, I just rewatched the the Fly in preparation to get back to my Cronenberg series, and that movie is fucking amazing. It's amazing. It's so good, and I can't wait to write about it. But I have a little bit of writer's block right now, so it's been difficult. But it'll be good when I write it. <laughs> uh, I have two things I'm gonna give a shout out for. Shout out to Wookie with that. <gasps> We started uh, a spinoff Star Wars podcast that is going to run once in a while. Probably when the new Clone Wars season's finished, we'll come together and do another one. Maybe, you know, next December do, you know, talking about The Force Awakens or Last Jedi. Uh, I was super proud of that episode. Sam, I wish we could have had you so bad. We'll but get you on. I sent all my thoughts. You did. All they number, were all numbered all number number one. one. I was so bad. I don't know why that happened. <laughs> Sorry if we made fun of you. Because... I listened I to like, that Sam's episode. thoughts one through one. Wait, did you, but did you see my note in the email? I was like, LOL, I don't know why this happened. Don't no. read this on the air. No, we read it on the air. <laughs> no, fuck you guys. I was like talking. I was like reading it and talking at the same time, just stream of conscious. Like, what happened here? Um, and I also want to give a shout out to our friend, Christina Rosso Schneider, who is having a book launch on March 21st at her bookstore, Novel Idea on Pass Young, Tori. Yeah, I just pre-ordered it. I'm very excited. <gasps> It's called She is a Beast. You can pre-order it uh, at a Novel Ideas website, but if you are out of the state, instead um, pre-order it through APAC, um, which is the publishing company that it's from. Mm -hmm. So do it. It's going to be amazing. I've heard nothing but good things. Misty's very talented. It'll and be cool. if you do pop by to Novel Idea, you will see some of us there. That is true. Chat. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also... Of course, we here at Butter with that are fantastic. So follow us on social on media. All of the things. We should maybe go on Twitter more often. But yeah, I probably should. That I'm should be my New Year's resolution. I know March. I'm scared of it too. I haven't had a Twitter in very it's many years. Great. I never had one. Yeah, I started using more Twitter to like be part of the public history world. Yeah, more. Nah. and it's <laughs> lame. Is, it's a bummer. It's a real bummer. People are very mean. You know, talking about like what's great about the Muppets. Twitter is it's like the, the anti the anti yeah. it's an anti muppet. I know. <laughs> Twitter is the chaotic uh, evil to <laughs> the muppets lawful good. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would call them no, like maybe chaotic, chaotic good. good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know like Garrett's always like, "Oh, you're not on Twitter." So I got like you know, these, like, people that, like, work for Fangoria to, like, retweet your articles. And I'm like, no, that's cool. I want to talk to those people. But then I just, like, don't want to have a Twitter. One time I tweeted at Lin-Manuel Miranda, and he retweeted me back and replied. Yeah. I tweeted something to one of the hosts from last podcast on the left, and he liked it. And I was like, mm. you the best day of my life. <laughs> oh, uh, Swallow, my favorite movie from 2019, is out in theaters and on video on demand. And Haley Bennett, the star, and Carlos, uh, the director, both liked some of the stuff I left them on Twitter. Hey. Or not Twitter, Instagram. And I was oh. very excited about it. Yeah. Remember the time Gio Hoagie, the director oh, of, uh, of um, <laughs> whatchamacallit? Uh, uh, we Are Still Here. We Are Still Here. Liked yeah. our, liked our post? Oh, God. He definitely didn't listen. No. 
Or if he did, he was like, you fucking assholes pronounce my name wrong every time. Like, fuck you guys. Well, thanks so much for stopping by. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, podcast at gmail.com. And thank you so much, Alana, for coming on. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. Um, salutations. Don't get the coronavirus. And keep having fun. <laughs>